Hello and welcome to another edition of The Running Anthropologist, brought to you by Mark Lane Holbert, myself, and my lovely wife and co-producer, Megan Lane Holbert. We're on the road this week, but that doesn't stop us. We're producing Giving Back, a two-part episode with Jorge Garcia of St. Louis and Deb Voiles of Run Tampa. Many great things to come. Can't wait. Let's get started. And here we are. Welcome to The Running Anthropologist podcast with Jorge Garcia, who's a very accomplished runner, father, Marine, and finisher of the 50-state and 100-mile challenges. Uh, Really excited to have him with us on the show. He's going to tell us about his running story, what motivates him, and all the things that he has learned through his best cultural runs. He's also a pacer. He serves the community there in St. Louis. And, uh, well, we're really grateful to have you. Welcome Welcome to the podcast, Jorge. Thank you, Mark. My pleasure. It's great to join the podcast. Could you, uh, could you maybe start off just by telling us a little bit about uh, your running story to, to get to know you a little bit? Yeah, sure. Um, our, uh, my story, um, along with running, started at a young age. Uh, when I was eight years old, I became a ward of the state of New Jersey after my mother was murdered by my dad. Um, of course, this led to uh, a bunch of challenges, including um, prison visits, court, um, court custody battles, shelter homes. I recall being in four high schools in four years. But, uh, but in the years that followed, I was very fortunate to have a lot of people help me climb out of not, uh, not so great childhood. I enlisted in the Marines, um, had the opportunity to go to college, and eventually jumped into this world of long distance running. So um, when I'm asked how I got started in running, I immediately think back to the eight year old version of myself. Um, and I didn't know it then, but running was in my future. Um, like, you know, I was born and raised in North New Jersey, so back then as a young kid, I would run out of necessity. In the Marines, I ran because it was required. And later, while I was stationed in Camp Lejeune in North Carolina, not only did I gain an appreciation for running, I learned to love it. And then eventually, running became my solitude. It was my time alone with my thoughts and my mother. Wow. Uh, but still, at that point, I still wasn't familiar with the long-distance running. Yeah, and it wasn't until 2006 that uh, at the State of St. Louis Marathon that I ran my first marathon. Huh. And needless to say, I struggled, I, but I finished. Um, more importantly, I remember it was a great learning experience that helped me gain a better appreciation of the marathon distance. And um, and I remember crossing the finish line barely and thinking to myself, I'll never do this again. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> It's kind of the classic story, you know, you do all the rookie mistakes, but um, even though, I, although not immediately, I knew that I would be back, and six months later, I was towing the start line at the Chicago Marathon. Wow, wow. So, That's, I got uh, started in 2006. And those were a couple states already, so I, I know we talked a bit off air that those 50 states... That's a pretty special accomplishment. Um, how long have you worked on that, and when did you finally get those tough-to-reach uh, states? Well, um, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily, you know, I never set out to run the 50 states. Um, in fact, um, I remember thinking I'll do the uh, first one where I struggle, of course, and I, I knew I could do better, so I went to Chicago knowing that it would be a flat course, and I decided that I would give it my best shot. I did, it wasn't that much better, but it was better, and it was a more pleasant experience. And it was at the um, Chicago – no, I'm sorry, it wasn't at the Chicago Marathon. It was my fifth marathon, and at this point, I was in Little Rock, okay. Arkansas, running the Little Rock Marathon. And um, I saw 
as I finished, I saw another man crossing the finish line, and I saw him wearing a shirt that said State Marathon Club Finisher. <laughs> and I was intrigued. <laughs> In fact, I remember asking him, asking him uh, what exactly did I mean? I knew what 56 Marathon Club meant, but I just was kind of intrigued and kind of amazed that somebody would run a marathon in all 50 states. Of course, he told me, gave me the details, but more importantly, he told me something that kind of stuck to me, and that was, he said, young man, all you need to do is run 10 states and you join the club. Well, Little Rock just happened to be my fifth marathon and my fourth state. Okay. And I thought to myself, well, I may not do 50 or 25, but I could I could, I could set a goal here and run 10 states. And that's what I did. My goal was to run 10 states. And um, it took me a while to get those 10 states. And um, But once I got to 10 states, it, it, as I say, you know, um, it, it got a little bit easier for me. And then I knew that if I could do 10, maybe I could do 15 or 20. But it wasn't until I got to 25 that I decided that I better go for this. this <laughs> I'm halfway now, so why, why stop now? But it was through the, you know, I just get inspired by so many runners out there running and, and, and running so many races and so many distances and so many states that I decided that I was going to tour the country and really enjoy. And uh, I like to think of it as making up for my childhood. You know, I didn't get to enjoy or to experience a lot of stuff when I was a kid or in the Marines. So now it was my time to travel, see the world and, uh, and run while I'm at it. That's really neat. That's a great, great way to start. Um, is there, Jorge, could, could you, I, I don't know if you can really do this cause they're all so unique, but is, are there one or two, um, of those marathons that you would highlight and say, man, this people should really do this. You know, I learned so much from this experience and the people there. And I, I don't know, whatever you want to share about, about that, that, that state or that marathon. Um, Um, matter. Either one, whatever, whatever you like. Yeah, if you want to highlight one of the fifty states and then one of the runs abroad, as 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 you like. Well, I, okay. Well, I'll start with the states. Yeah, and um, I tell you what, my favorite race within the U.S., without a doubt, that that would have to be any race that I get to pace. And I only say that because pacing to me is really everything. I really enjoy pacing marathons. I, huh. I really enjoy running at a very comfortable pace where I could offer words of encouragement. I could help other runners achieve their own goals. And the camaraderie that we share is just amazing, especially when we get, especially if I'm pacing a faster group in which most of my runners, male and females, are are, are attempting to qualify for uh, Boston or uh, is a fast pace where they're looking to PR and they stay with me, and it's just incredible the, the, the high fives and the hugs and the happy tears that you share at the end because you know that we helped each other. So for me, that would be uh, my favorite experience when it comes to running in the States because I've never paced outside of the States. But if I had to choose one race, Mark, I would say the Marine Corps Marathon uh, would be one of my favorites specifically because of my military tie uh, to the Marines. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as soon as I turned 18 years old, I joined the Marine Corps. Uh, the Marines provided me um, the opportunity to serve our country, of course, but they, they were offering me so much more, uh, much needed stability and structure in my life that I desperately needed when I was a kid. Mm. Uh, more importantly, uh, they the Corps provided me uh, uh, discipline, uh, a lot of leadership traits that makes me who I am today. 
Um, but but the marathon itself, you know, the excitement and the energy of the city, uh, the people there, the runners, the camaraderie, the thousand first responders, uh, the Marines who are there keeping you safe. I mean, it really makes it a truly memorable experience. Um, I've had the opportunity to run the Marine Corps um, twice. Hmm. And in fact, I'll be running the Marine Corps Marathon in October again. Oh, great. But um, it's not, yeah, I, I mean, I'm really excited about that race. But other reasons why I'm drawn to the Marine Corps Marathon is because of the, um, the ge- geographical area, of course. You know, runners and their family members, we can all enjoy the sites and, and um, visits and um, take in all the monuments out there. Um, I especially enjoy starting near the Pentagon and, and uh, finishing at the Marine Corps War Memorial and taking pictures in front of Iwo Jima. Uh, to me, it just gives me chills and makes me very proud. Uh, of course, you know, we're all proud and satisfied to put in the hard training and cross the finish line. But when the Marines give, you, give me my medal and I get to go there and, and share and take pictures with all these monuments and, and see the people that came before you, uh, to me, it's just a big honor. So hmm. uh, I, I can't talk too much about the Marine Corps Marathon. It, it really is one of my favorite marathons well, what, when it comes to this. What a great experience for your for your kids, too. And I... And I know that, you know, you're not alone and that a lot of people have told me that's their favorite marathon. Um, not not just people in D.C., but, you know, people okay. from around the country. Yeah. Um, so thank yeah, you. My, you know, my pleasure. In 2005, I remember my girl thought I was a little crazy, but and I'm sorry, not 2005. 2015 was my second time I returned back to, uh, to run the marathon. And I decided that I was going to run in honor of um, a few Marines and um, especially uh, – Staff Sergeant Jordan um, Emmerich, who uh, unfortunately uh, we lost him, but uh, I, I, I mean, I decided I was going to honor them by running in my um, utilities and uh, my boots and uh, running with the flag. And to me, it, I don't remember ever stopping doing the race. It was just one of the most energetic and uh, chills throughout the whole race, and I felt so much honor. And uh, and just running the course with so many Marines, it, it was the best feeling ever. Hmm. I felt like I was an 18 year old kid in boot camp again. <laughs> yeah, and I think D.C., you know, regardless of where you fall on the political spectrum and all that kind of stuff, I think it's just a place that we can all see history and, and have some have some value taken away from learning about the monuments while you're there and, um, you know, the experience of people cheering, uh, you know, the community around you is, is also really nice. Um, I, I did not serve in the military. I served in the Peace Corps, actually, for a few years. Um, and of course, that's where that's where our home base was as well in D.C. when we training and things like that. So, um, yeah, it holds a special place in my heart, D.C. Uh, but I, I don't want to talk too much uh, about me. I'd love to hear uh, some more about, you know, your uh, marathons abroad. And if if you would care to maybe highlight uh, a few of those, if you know, if you were recommending to a, a beginning travel runner or someone who is planning their first trip, uh, what what would you recommend? Well, uh, first of all, Mark, thanks for sharing that. You know, you're so right. Uh, I mean, the Marine Corps is, is definitely one of the places to visit for many reasons. But if I, uh, you know, one of the, I, I get this question a lot, especially, you know, after you run the 50 states or you run the 100 marathons, you know, it's always like, which one's your favorite and which and why? What You know, this, every race, I think, is unique. Every, every race has its own great things about it and, 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 and some that are not so great. But I would tell you that uh, it took me a while, but I finally made it out to South Africa. And, Mark, I got to tell you that, without a doubt, the Congress Marathon in South Africa 
which starts in, in Peter Marsborough and finishes in Durban at the stadium, it is one of the best experience. And, and to me, it's the best experience I've ever had in my running life. Huh. Wow. Uh, the Congress Marathon is truly an amazing run. There's a re- reason why they call it the ultimate human experience. Mm. But just to give you an idea, by the way, have you ran combat? No, 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 I have not. Um, okay. Okay, so Conrad's Marathon uh, is ran in May, or at least I ran it in May of 2016. Um, I took a flight from New York to Johannesburg. It's about an 8,000-mile uh, trip. Um, plus, uh, once you reach Johannesburg, there's an additional one-hour flight to Durban. Uh, but the race itself is, is uh, the history that you learn from Conrad's Marathon. I mean, just to give you a little history of the marathon itself that intrigued me is that uh, – Conrad's Marathon is the world's oldest and the largest ultra-marathon. Hmm. And I say ultra-marathon because the Conrad's Marathon is actually 56 miles, or 89K. <laughs> there is no traditional marathon, 26.2 miles. So the Conrad's Marathon is 56 miles. Um, it was established in 1922, and it kept the field around 20,000 runners. They, um, it also uh, commemorates the South African soldiers that were killed during World War One. Okay. And it has about 60, I, I think it was about 50, at least 50, 50 or 60 countries were, that were represented there and those 20,000 mm. runners. Uh, the course itself, I thought it was beautiful. It's definitely challenging. Um, it has a cutoff point, and um, it's got a 12-hour limit. And uh, I don't recall the five, uh, it's got five big hills. It's got a lot of hills, but the main ones are the five big hills. And the only one I remember is uh, Polly Shorts. But there's uh, five other ones, I mean, four other ones there that uh, are the toughest ones and the ones that most runners gauge themselves and gives them indication of how the course is going or how their run is going that day. But there's so many spectators cheering you on. It's very scenic, some of the most beautiful sights. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. My experience, I've only run it once, and my experience there, you know, I got to pace one of my best friends, Tom Floyd North from uh, New Jersey, who, uh, funny story there, I met him at the uh, Rehoboth Beach Marathon. Uh, <laughs> we were in line to pick up our bibs. He was by himself. I decided to start talking to him, and next thing you know, he's having dinner with me, and the next morning, I'm pacing him to a BQ. So it's kind of interesting how, how things work out. So, a few months later, he called me up and he asked me if I, I would like to go to South Africa and run the marathon or, or pay some. I said, sure, why not? Wow, that's a great, but great connection. There, yeah, it, it's just, it's funny how things, how life works out. But the people there, whether they're runners or non-runners, they're so welcoming. They're happy that you're joining them, that you made the trip out to South Africa. Uh, throughout the whole course, they're very encouraging. No matter, no matter what level of runner you are, they treated us as if we were elites. And that's what, you know, it made it so special for us and just very kind. And everybody's offering advice. Hmm. Um, when I was there, you know, I, got, I had the opportunity to meet some of the running legends and some of the past Conrad's champions, including um, uh, Bruce Fordyce. Okay. Bruce Fordyce won Conrad's marathon nine times, wow. eight of them consecutively. <laughs> that was kind of cool. And, um, uh, but once you experience Congress, you'll really grasp what they, why they call it the ultimate human race. You know, it, it really is a connection. And um, I've met four friends out there that I got to run, and eventually, uh, today, even today, we're still friends. And some of them, we we traveled to Spain, and we traveled to Berlin, and now we're traveling to Australia with the same people that I met in South Africa. That's so, so it's cool. Funny how, how things work out. 
Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, you never know the connections and the bonds go so deep because you've been through some really um, trying and real experiences. And I'm sure the, as you mentioned, the, the socioeconomic diversity and the, the, the people that you come across and seeing how they live, where they live, and yet the happiness that they exude is, um, well, yeah. it's, it's humbling for yeah. us in the U.S., I think. It's definitely humbling. Yeah, I, I think so. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I can tell you a little bit more about the, uh, I, I had the opportunity to run the uh, in Antarctica, and I, I'm running the White Continent Marathon, and even though that was one of the toughest races for me personally, it happens to be my second favorite all the time. So, okay. So that was amazing. And this is okay. part. Uh, this is part of your seven continent challenge. I assume you know you had to get to Antarctica. Yes, of course. Yes. So yeah, my second favorite race abroad is the White Continent Marathon in King George Island in Antarctica, which uh, I ran this past February. Okay. And uh, and for me, it's my favorite. My second favorite race mainly because of where you're running. Of course, most people can fairly easy tra- travel to the other six continents, mm-hmm. but stepping foot into Antarctica is one of the most memorable moments I've, I'm ever going to experience. Hmm. Uh, in fact, I remember as we exited the airplane and before we set one foot on King George Island, our first step had us step into a yellow substance liquid. Okay. Uh, to I guess kind of to dis- disinfect your shoes, while the racer right there on the ground reaches out and shakes your hand and tells you, "Welcome to America." That was I mean, sorry, welcome to America. Welcome to Antarctica. That and, was pretty cool. And it's, um, well, you know, I, obviously I, I have not been to Antarctica, but uh, it's a recent experience for you. Have, um, since then, have you, you know, reflecting on it, have, have you thought it was kind of a, a desolate race? Was it, you know, really in tune with nature and feeling like you were alone on a, on a faraway continent? Well, for me, it, it sort of was, you know, I, you know, I recall when we landed there and I get there and I thought to myself, how the heck did this Jersey boy end up in Antarctica? You know, <laughs> I'm looking around and you don't see much. You, uh, you know, now I, I will say that in uh, King George Island, Antarctica in February, that's their summer. Oh, so okay. There is a lot of ice, there's a lot of snow, but the course itself was not, we were not running on snow. But uh, I kind of wish we were some, uh, in a way. Uh, but to give you an idea, you know, King George Island is around, uh, I think I read 400 square miles, and it has about 500 residents. All right. Which, most of those residents, yeah, most of the residents there, they're um, either uh, scientists or uh, 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 working in uh, the biological field or uh, uh, doing some kind of research on animals as well, but they got about four or five different research labs and bases there. And so all these this... people they work there and live there, they uh, they rotate. Okay, and all of a sudden you 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 runners descended upon this uh, sort of scientific community and and ran ran through it. I'm sure that they were paying attention. Not only were they paying attention, a lot of them actually participated and joined us because they do this once a year, so they were expecting us already. So yeah, uh-huh. they uh, when they come when they come on board, they because uh, the um, White Continent Marathon also offers a uh, five. Uh, no, a half marathon and a 50K. Okay. But I believe that for the locals there, they also offer a 5K for them to run. So it's like a, a big party, <laughs> if you can imagine that, in Antarctica. But besides that, you know, to be honest with you, Mark, there's not much to do. Um, besides run the marathon and visit the research station, 
Mm-hmm. But the views and the sceneries are amazing. Uh, many say breathtaking, and I, I would definitely agree. Uh, you see penguins, a lot of penguins. You see wells and glacier-like mountains. Uh, the marathon course itself uh, wasn't much to brag about. Uh, instead of snow, uh, it had a lot of... Um, it was mainly gravel trail with lots of rocks, mud, and a lot of uneven terrain. So All right. it wasn't your easy, easiest course. Plus, the course itself was was an island back, but not necessarily 13 miles on, 13 miles back. It consisted of two island backs, and each island back was only two miles, the most, two miles away. So you were uh-huh. one two miles out, one back, and then two miles the other way. So because it because it, of the hills, it felt you literally ran the hills for 13 miles, and you had 13 <laughs> of downhill. You got a you got a hill workout. <laughs> Oh, yes, it was definitely yeah. a struggle, and um, um, it, it was, you know, I say it was summer in Antarctica, but you're still running in 20, 25-degree weather, and the wind makes it feel even colder, and um, I did not necessarily necessarily have a good race that day, so I was out there for a lot longer than um, other folks. I, Thankfully, um, I believe we had 22 hours of daylight in Antarctica, so I never go. felt like I was out there for that long. <laughs> right. It, you know what, Jorge? It, it is not on my bucket list, but I enjoy hearing about it from you uh, because uh, I am not a cold weather runner being here in Florida, only when I have to and probably not <laughs> uphill the whole way. Um, that, <laughs> but I'm I'm really excited that you did it. And, uh, you know, maybe someday, maybe someday. Um, maybe someday. Yeah, I, I do remember being out in Antarctica and thinking, I think it's colder in St. Louis than it is in Antarctica. Cause, uh, St. Louis just happened to be going through some really severe snowstorms. Okay. <laughs> so I was actually happy to be in Antarctica. <laughs> <laughs> well, I um, yeah. So all of these travels and setting these goals for yourself, I know you know it's an outward goal and it reflects on your own character. And um, I know you give back a lot to the running community. Uh, just from you know friends that I've spoken with that recommended you for the podcast, and uh, you keep going and you pace others, um, which is really the best service, as you said, that you can do for someone, um, get them through those hard times. Uh, what what motivates you to uh, to keep going when you're doing these challenges and when you're travel running? Um, uh, what's what's on what's on your mind? What what keeps you going? Uh, that's a good question. You know, um, uh, first and foremost, uh, foremost, uh, what keeps me motivated is my mother, uh, my mother, uh, my wife and daughters, of course, and my running family. Uh, but more importantly, my mother keeps me going. She never saw me accomplish much. Uh, like I said, she passed away when I was eight years old. Mm. So uh, she never saw me cross the finish line, you know, earn, earn a college degree or get my first job or get married or have kids, you know, obviously. So uh, I feel like she is my biggest fan. She's looking down on me, giving me the strength I need to never give up. Um, she guides me in the right direction. So, uh, although I have gotten lost a few times during the race, I think that's my mom's humor coming out. <laughs> but uh, I think it's my mom that keeps me going. Um, I would also say, you know, uh, being a husband and being a, uh, a father, uh, my wife and my two daughters, Alexis and Alicia, uh, I think it motivates me to keep going as well because of them. It really puts a smile on my face when I see them proud of, proud of me, mm-hmm. especially when my daughters brag about their dad. But more importantly, um, 
I guess it's something I get from the Marines. I love to lead by example. And like any other parent, being a great role model for our kids is number one priority. So that keeps me going. Um, like I said earlier too, Mark, my running family, local and throughout the country, without a doubt, keep me motivated. Um, I was asked about the 100 marathons that um, we just completed. And um, I always, when people ask me what I think about the 100 marathons, how did I get started, I tend to always start bragging about my friends who have run 200. 300 and mm. I know somebody's ran a 2,000 marathon <laughs> you know so um, it's hard for me to look at my accomplishments and think that um, I'm any better but I will tell you that I'm just blessed and I feel very fortunate to have the opportunity but it is my family and my running family um, and, and when I say running family that includes non-runners as well that inspire me to keep going after my own, own crazy goals that but, sounds uh, yeah that's what keeps me going that sounds right on, Jorge, and I, I'm so happy that, um, you know, you shared that with us. I, I couldn't agree more. Um, we're, uh, I hope to get to St. Louis sometime soon, but here in Tampa, we also have a great running community, and I know there's a lot of great running communities throughout the country. If, if you're a beginning runner or you're demotivated, you know, kind of all you got to do is reach outside your doorstep, do a quick search, you know, find a local running club, and all of a sudden you're you're in the middle of it because runners are the most welcoming and kind people, um, even when they're competing. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah I cannot agree more. And, and, and Jorge, if you wouldn't mind, uh, just as we come to the end of the podcast, could you share with us a little bit more about what makes the St. Louis running community unique and maybe any highlight races for you there that kind of show off the culture of the city? Yeah, definitely, Mark. Thanks. Um, when I asked about the San Luis running community, the first thing that comes to mind for me is what I refer to my local running family, and that includes, obviously, the San Luis and surrounding Metro East area. Okay. Uh, and that Metro East area does include the city of Edwardsville and Glen Carbon, which is where I live in southern Illinois, which is about 25 minutes from downtown San Luis. Um, and to give you an idea of Edwardsville, um, it used to be a railroad hub. But um, that railroad hub obviously doesn't exist anymore, but many of those standing railroad tracks have become running and biking trails, which is about, I believe, 85 miles of running trails in just my neck of the woods and uh, making it obviously a gym for us to run on. Um, and it was on these trails, which is why I mentioned it, because it, was on, it turns out on these trails is where I met this very accomplished lady, um, a friend of mine, uh, Jen Schaller, who happened to have a dream of someday owning her own running store. Hmm. Well, that dream, yeah, and that, that um, dream came true in 2013 when she opened the doors to Runwell, our local running store. And it's basically um, our safe haven and a place for us uh, to run with friends and meet new friends. Uh, before then, we didn't have much of a running community or running store that we all meet. So you know, I'm very thankful for her and, run, and Runwell, who is following me the running community here. Um, among many of the activities that Jen puts together and like the program, she's got something that I kind of appreciate, and she calls it the, uh, she uses the hashtag, where do you run well? Okay. And, um, and, and it's pretty neat because, you know, it, it, it's kind of where you post pictures of yourself running around the world wearing the run well gear, you know, which, of course, adds fun to, um, it's fun and it's kind of fun to share your running adventures, but for me, it was especially motivating because I was in the process of my own journey of running the 50 states. Sure. You know, so, so that was pretty cool. But in the St. Louis itself, downtown, the surrounding areas, running continues to boom, and, and uh, our races are becoming even more popular every year. 
Um, you were asking about some of our races in San Luis. Uh, the big one mainly is in April, where we have our annual Go San Luis Marathon and Family Fitness Weekend. Okay. Um, of course, it includes, it includes the marathon, of course, but we also have a, a children's fun run, which is really fun, a 5K, a 10K, a half. And it even has a four-person marathon relay. Uh, the Go St. Louis Marathon, um, it normally takes place the first week of April. Um, I, I believe next year will be their 20th year anniversary. It's by far the, uh, the largest competitive event, I believe, in Missouri. It's got over 25 or 30,000 30, runners. Uh, the course itself, uh, it's, it, it has a fast half. It does have some rolling hills during the marathon portion of it. When you enter, our, uh, we have a really beautiful park out here called Forest Park. Okay. One of the biggest parks in the country. It's actually bigger than um, Central Park in New York. Wow. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it really is a fun time. Go San Luis, you know, obviously it's a certified course of the U.S. ATF and, and also Boston Marathon Qualifier. Um, I like it because, um, you know, I, obviously I get this to a lot of my friends out there, but um, I have a personal you know, warm spot in my heart with the Gold San Luis Marathon because it was my first marathon back in 2006, okay. like I mentioned earlier. Uh-huh. And, um, and I remember, I, I mean, I've actually had the opportunity to run the marathon a few times, but as I stated earlier, you know, my that first marathon for me didn't go well. But to think, you know, I never in my wildest dreams I ever imagined that I would be running the marathon again, especially after my first experience. But um, I guess that's what we runners do. You know, we're always trying to better ourselves regardless of the course. And um, and as of today, you know, I've been very fortunate to uh, run the uh, the marathon a few times, even paced it a couple of times. I've also had the opportunity to pace the half marathon a few times, including the last four years. So it, it really is uh, a great a great time. But that's in April. Um, in June, we also have another we have a half marathon. It's called the St. Louis Race Thirteen Point One. Okay. Um, it's a fairly it's a fairly new race. Uh, it's a fourth year. Um, their fourth year this time in June. Um, I, I'm not sure how many runners it has. Uh, it, it may have about 15 to 2,000 runners. It's a loop course. It's June 9th. Um, I, won't, I won't, unfortunately, I was hoping to run the, on the race this year, but it turns out that I'll be out of town celebrating my wedding anniversary. Oh, congratulations. <laughs> but thank you. Appreciate that. Yeah. Now, in October, we have another marathon. It's called the Mo Cowbell Marathon in Half. Okay. They also have a relay and a 5K. Now, this one I'm very excited about is, is a fat, uh, flat and fast course. Um, in St. Louis, we have something called the Frontier Park, which uh, is a very beautiful park. It starts and finishes there. Um, it's on October 6th. Um, like I said, it's mostly uh, flat and fast course. Uh, great opportunity for PR and a BQ. Um, I'm really excited and looking forward to it because, uh, Mark, not only am I running the marathon, I'll be hosting some of my running family coming in from D.C. Oh, great. They're going to be running the marathon with me, so it's going to be exciting. So and I, there's I, a, enjoy it. I enjoy it. And I hear that there's a, a Halloween-themed half as well in St. Louis? Yes, thank you for mentioning that. Yes, it, it's in uh, October as well, and... Uh, as you can imagine, it's fun, everybody dressing up, and we, pretty much 90% of the people dressed up Halloween theme. I'm particularly very um, excited about it because it will be my daughter's, my older daughter's um, second half marathon, so I'm looking forward to running the race with her. Oh, great. So that's a lot of fun in October, uh, so thanks for mentioning that. And we, in the, and then in November, we have another St. Louis half marathon that is put on by the St. Louis Track Club. Okay. 
And uh, uh, I've actually ran it a few times, mainly because the it, uh, the race itself benefits Special Olympics. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, I'm very fond of that organization, and uh, I love anything that has to do with running and children, you know, I'm up, up, all up all for it. Uh, but they're celebrating their 40th year, so that's, you know, they're obviously doing something right. Unbelievable. So course, you know, I highly recommend it. And, and Mark, you know, when I think of my um, running family, I would be remiss not to mention my coach, Mark Spivak, and, and St. Louis as well, uh, who's not only helped me become a better runner, but I got to tell you, uh, the reason I really like this guy is because he's constantly making a positive impact in our community by helping children, hmm. um, including high school kids. Um, he introduces kids to our sports and teaches them the life lessons learned from running. You know, so it's not just be a runner, push and runner, or you know, you have to run your life, uh, run. Um, but it's like you know, don't don't quit. Hmm. You know, set 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 some goals out there, some realistic goals, and go after them. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that I like that he does with kids and high school kids, and he's the race director for a lot of the um, running camps that um, Big River Running Company, which is another running store in San Luis, mm-hmm. that they put on, and um, they always call for Mark to help out with the kids. So that is something that him and I have in common. I think that um, part of my history is some, some of the stuff I've done I do for kids, and I love that he does that as well. And it just happens that he is a fast guy, and uh, he started – um, his coaching business a couple of years ago, and I decided to go to try him out. And not only has he helped me, but he's a great person too. So. Oh, people overlook so, the uh, the need for a good coach too. I think oftentimes, you know, having that extra support and that knowledge base, uh, certainly for high school runners, but even as adults, it's great to have that connection to a to a coach. Yeah, it really is. You know, and they they don't see him just as a as a coach, they see him as as a life coach too. You know, when I hear him say things like, you know, uh, don't stop when things get tough, or uh, you got to get through your failures. You know, you got to understand your failures. You got to push through discomfort, setting goals, working hard. You know, about he builds a lot of self esteem and confidence for these kids to succeed, and that what motivates me. And, and as I'm saying this, I'm just getting chills because. Hmm. I, I really appreciate people like him. Yeah, yeah, I, I know right where you're coming from. I, I had a high school coach like that, too. And, um, yeah, I'm very, very grateful. Um, well, as, as we finish up, uh, thanks for mentioning that, and we'll definitely post all those race links as well as, you know, links to the coaching opportunities there in St. Louis um, and and beyond. But if, if you... Yeah. You know, if anything that you'd like to send me, I'd be glad to put it up, put it up for our listeners. Um, and uh, just as we close up, the 50 states, um, did was there anything that surprised you? Any reflections that you had on, on being able to finish all 50 states? Uh, and this, uh, I believe it was this past year that you did that. Um, well, Mark, wow. I don't, I don't know where to start with that one. Well, I will say that I finished the 50 states back in 2015, actually. Okay. And ever since, so ever since, you know, I've been running a few ultras, and, and uh, my next goal, of course, is uh, finishing um, the seven continents. But as far as what I've learned throughout the 50 states, I would say for starters, I would say that traveling and running across the states help me fully appreciate and enjoy life. A lot of times I like to say that I'm just making up for my childhood. I'm visiting every state, but mm. as much fun as I did, and it really is, Mark, <laughs> running a marathon in all 50 states takes a lot of time, energy, and, of course, money. 
Mm. Unless you're wealthy, it will take you take you years to accomplish the goal. As a reference, it took me 14 years to finish. Wow. And and Mark, as you know, running marathons isn't just about running shoes and registering for a race. The real expense is really uh, the airfare, the lodging, rental cars, uh, gas, food. Mm-hmm. Not to mention mention many of the hours that you're spent training. Sure. So that's one of the one of the things you learn quickly. Um, hmm. uh, thankfully, I learned that um, quickly. But there's other runners out there with similar crazy or crazier goals um, that. Um, you, you actually meet at races, you become friends with them, and eventually you find yourself sharing most of the calls with them, you know, because you travel together and while having a blast. So I found that one of the things was um, there's a lot of um, social media sites where you uh, find out, you find other runners who have similar goals as you do, and next thing you know, you know, you're staying at their homes or they're staying at your house or you're sharing a, a rental car. Hmm. So, um, you know, that is my running family as well. You know, that's where I talk about that. That's what makes things happen for me. Um, I also learned that you better have a support group, uh, the support of your family, and a very understanding boss at work. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I mean, running is great, but you know, you gotta have that time and support from your family and people at work. Um, having that support team at home is invaluable, of course. You know, I'm very fortunate to have my wife Paula, who, by the way, is also a 50 stater. She's ran a half marathon in every state. That's awesome. Um, yeah, but just as important, having the flexibility of work to travel is a great benefit that most people don't have. So I'm very blessed and fortunate to have that. That's, um, my, that's... My, my my boss is actually, you know, some of them, I've had three or four bosses throughout my 50 day journey, and uh, three of them were runners. So they kind of understood my craziness and gave me the flexibility to basically work from anywhere I needed to. Oh, that's lucky. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also, running a marathon in all 50 states takes a lot of planning logistically, you know, especially when you get done or when you get closer to the last few states, um, mainly because some of those states um, don't offer many marathon options. Hmm. So you're probably limited to certain parts of that state. You know, I remember running in uh, uh, North Dakota, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana. They have marathons there, but not that many options. And, you know, and the marathons that they do have, you better make make it fit into your your schedule. Because a lot of times the timing doesn't work out. Um, now, thankfully for me, I have uh, well, my wife. She pretty much does a lot of our planning and logistics, so she's very good at planning. And you know, being that I live in St. Louis and in the in the, um, in the Midwest. I was able to drive to at least 10, 15 states. Okay. You know, it, you know, but once you started crossing up the East Coast and the West Coast, that's where it gets tough. But, um, you know, planning, I mean, you learn a lot when it comes to planning and how to get to every state, how to be very efficient and economic. I bet. I bet. And you meet, you meet a lot of wonderful people doing great, uh, well, great fundraising, charity work, uh, pacing, as you, exactly. as you mentioned. Um, and you're, I've had a look at your running resume and it's, it's amazing how many, how much pacing and how many, um, people that you've helped as well. So I, I want to thank you for that and for giving back to the running community in the ways that you do, Jorge. Uh, well, thanks for saying that, Mark. I, um, like I mentioned earlier, you know, pacing, when people ask me, which is my favorite, I always say the last race I paced, it really, it really is 
rewarding. You know, you get all these runners at the at the finish who thank you for getting them to the finish at the time that they wanted. Or, you know, some of them are recording these PRs or BQs or mm-hmm. finishing their first meltdown or whatever the case may be. It's so rewarding and they're thanking you and giving you all these high fives and these hugs. But I'm thanking them because they made it fun for me. I mean, running for me, pacing, I, you know, I always tell people I, I'd rather pace a marathon than sprint a 5K hmm. because I really enjoy my time pacing a marathon. I get to enjoy the sights, enjoy the people, listen to their stories. I tell them some stories myself, you know, keep their mind off the race and help them be more efficient throughout the race. But I really enjoy it whereas, versus when I'm running for time, as you know, you know that, that takes a lot of the fun away from it when you're running for time and you're so focused on something. But, um, yeah, I really appreciate you saying that because I, I do enjoy pacing. And I've been very thankful as well uh, to a lot of the um, pacing companies and individuals who have reached out to me and allowed me to pace some of their marathons because um, i paced over 20, 30 um, uh, races in, in, in so many states. So I'm very fortunate for that. Oh, that's great. Um, way way yeah, which... A way which you can right. give a way which you can also see those places and experience the you know as you said the people that you're running with. Yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, and you know something came to mind just now. I think that I, I, I um, as, as I'm running these 58s, I also learned that if you're lucky and you run enough marathons or, or races, you eventually get better at it and maybe even win a race or two. You know, hmm. I didn't think that was ever possible. To win a marathon, but sometimes you get lucky depending on the amount of runners that actually register for the race. Mm-hmm. So I remember I once went to a race in uh, Huntington Beach in California that my wife was running the half, and um, for a training run, I decided that I that I joined her and run the marathon at the turnout. And this was a marathon put on by the Better Running World folks out in Huntington Beach, and um, <laughs> I was running. I had a good day, and it, you know I crossed the finish, and not not an impressive fast time. My time was three eighteen. But it was good enough for the win. So I would tell people, you know, you don't have to be that fast. You just got to hope that the fast guys stay home. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so me causing the tape at a marathon, that that was a a unique experience. And um, I once ran a race in Portsmouth, Ohio. It was my second 50K. And I crossed the finish line in 437. Um, for the win. I would never thought I would win a, a 50K, but, um, you know, I just happened to have a good race, and like I said, that the, uh, the few guys that beat me the, the first time I was out there, they didn't show up, <laughs> so I took the win. So, you know, I've learned that if you're, you're running up of these races, you're eventually going to win one. <laughs> There's hope for us amateurs. All right. Well, that's that's a good... Uh, that's, I say you're an amateur. <laughs> that's a good note yeah, to finish and, um, on. <laughs> Go ahead, Jorge. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I guess the other thing I would say, you know, trying to set these pace, which is kind of, kind of obvious, but I think a lot of us don't really appreciate it till we actually are out there. You know, we read about certain places and, and monuments and, and, and places that you want to see. You've heard of it, but you never really understand that you're actually there. And that's one thing I've learned from visiting um, um, this great country of ours is that, you know, when you're out there, you see things like the ice glaciers in, in mm-hmm. Alaska. Um, the Grand Canyon in Arizona, the uh, the Alamo in Texas. We ran in Bryce Canyon, Utah, which was just beautiful. Uh, my only time in Yellowstone Park was when I was running a race near Wyoming, and we went to Old Faithful, uh, the Old Faithful Geyser out there. Mm-hmm. The Hoover Dam was cool in Nevada. Um, you know, having the military ties. You know, when we went to, uh, we ran the Maui Marathon. We flew into uh, Honolulu and. Um, and we went to Pearl Harbor, and that was very emotional, Mark. You know, just to see the USS um, uh, 
uh, I'm sorry, uh, the US, uh, Arizona, Arizona Memorial. It, it was just emotional just to learn so much about that. But uh, hmm. it, these are the kind of things that you hear about it and you probably read about it, but until you're there, it really doesn't hit you. You know, something as simple as when we visited the, uh, in San Francisco, we visited the Golden State Bridge. <laughs> it's a massive bridge. It's just really pretty, and I didn't know you could run on it. Hmm. Um, you know, to learn more about the Declaration of Independence in Philadelphia at the Liberty Bell, that was neat. Um, one of my favorite things, um, Alcatraz in San Francisco or the French quarters in New Orleans. Um, I mentioned the Marine Corps Marathon earlier, but, you know, um, there's obviously all the monuments out there. But one of my favorite was visiting the uh, the Tomb of the Un- Unknown Soldier at mm-hmm. Arlington National Cemetery. Wow. Um, that was, I mean, to have myself see that, that was just very emotional as well. Um, and one of the trips we went to Niagara Falls after the Boston Marathon, we drove to Niagara Falls and we got to see that first time. First mm-hmm. time, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in New Jersey and New York, but I never realized how beautiful New York can be, especially Niagara Falls or even Cooperstown when we went for the Hall of Fame out there. Um, so many uh, firsts. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I've been to um, Boston a few times, as I mentioned earlier, and um, the Boston Commons there where they have the 5K or the buses pick you up. You know, a lot of people don't know, but that's the oldest city park in the United States. Hmm. It, it dates back to 1634. Amazing. Um, you know, I do I got to run with my running family in Burnsville, Illinois, which is about an hour away from here. We, for the first time, I went to the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Museum. Uh, it's just amazing. One of my favorite states that uh, not necessarily race, but as far as visiting South Dakota, when we were out there for the marathon, we got to visit uh, Mount Rushmore. Wow. And learn more about, uh, about Washington, Jefferson, uh, sure. Roosevelt, Lincoln. We got to see Crazy Horse. I visited Sturgis. I'm not big on, on, on bikes, on motorbikes, but I wanted to see what the, the, the city of Sturgis and the Black Hills of South Dakota. Hey, you know, I could go on and on here. I mean, you just tour the whole country, and what better way to do it than uh, running a marathon in each state? Yeah, or a, or a half marathon, as you mentioned, for uh, you know, for, for others that are up for a, a slightly shorter uh, challenge. Uh, yeah, so I was, I was saying, or as your wife did, a half marathon throughout those 50 states. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Yeah, yeah. And she continues running all, all the states, I mean, all, all the 50 states. And now she finished a year after me, so I actually had the opportunity to go back with her and complete those other states that she was working on. Oh, great. And little by little, you know, without keeping track of it much, you know, we finally, we're noticing that now that we get to Terry, uh, cherry pick our marathons in different states, we're noticing that without much of a, uh, without trying, we are completing the 50 states for a second round. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens, you know, when you want to run, a, like, for instance, we went out to Pike Speaking in Manitou Springs, Colorado, to run the marathon there, and we stopped at the Garden of the Gods in Colorado Springs. Beautiful. It's beautiful out there. Yeah, you know, you could run the Kentucky uh, Kentucky Derby Marathon, and you run through Churchill Town. <laughs> you know, the Kentucky Derby just happened. So, you know, when I see the Kentucky Derby on TV, I think of the marathon and running through Churchill Downs. It's just, that's what I've learned from, from running and visiting all these states is that there's so much out there in this wonderful culture of art that a lot of us that, you know, maybe we're intimidated or we don't have the funds or the time to travel. But if you have any opportunity, just go to the state next to you. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot to see. Just to get started. To well, we, if yeah, you don't I mind, like, if you don't mind, Jorge, maybe we'll, um, we'll post uh, those lists of, 
you know, states and marathons that you've done. And then if people are starting to look into them, that could be a sort of a guide for them. I would love that. Yeah, good idea. Sure. Cool. Thanks, Jorge. Well, I know that we're, uh, we're running short on time. So uh, let's finish up. Do you have a, a favorite quote that keeps you going as a runner or as a person that, um, that you might be willing to share with us? Uh, yeah, actually I do, I, and uh, I don't share as much, but I will share it with you, Mark, and that's something that I, I write underneath the, my cap, so every time I'm struggling through a race or in life, I look at the bottom of my cap and it says, he said you couldn't do it, and that is some, that's a quote that uh, my father, who unfortunately I haven't seen in 30, 40 years, but he's the one, he's the reason my mom is not with me. Uh-huh. He would, I remember when I was younger, and he would put me down a lot, and he would always tell me, you can't do it. He mm. will always say that to me. And so I wrote that on my hat. And when I'm struggling or I'm, I need a push, I look at that. I think of mom and I read that. And I, I, I in my mind, I'm not going to let him win. No, so I, so it, it's a personal quote, but that's all I got. Thanks. Thanks for sharing it. That's uh, that's very special. We, we appreciate your time with us today, too, Jorge. That was a very special episode. And um, everything you've shared and all that. All that we have to learn from, from not only your running, but from all those other others out there that are doing great things in the running world and giving back to the running community. So thanks again, and uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again soon. Well, thank you, Mark. I appreciate you having me on the podcast. It was fun. I appreciate it. Happy running. Happy running. And thanks to all of you for joining us for yet another edition of the Running Anthropologist podcast. You can find us on social media at Running Anthropologist the Instagram, the Facebook, or our website, runninganthropologist.com. And once again, if you know anyone who has a great cultural run or a story to share, send them through our Facebook. Have them send us a message. We'd love to hear about it and take some joy in the joy of others. Until next time, happy running.